Hello, this is Rania from Philadelphia, and I would never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Alright everybody, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show, episode 429 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as I always am, Jesse Dollamore, and she is my co-host, as she always is, Brittany Page. I thought you were going to say something that would lead us to the 23andMe results. (laughs) But apparently, I'm not that good. Apparently, you're feeling quite lazy. Today. I am. Well, I'm always feeling lazy. Come mm-hmm, on now. This mm-hmm. is episode three of the week. Yeah. Hashtag third episode on a Saturday. Yes. Saturday. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did just get our 23andMe results back, though. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a couple months ago, maybe, that we were sending them off. Yeah. Maybe not that long ago. But anyway, and we got them back. And, uh, I don't know if it's because of my age. You know, I get a little older. You start thinking about your background. I don't know. I didn't really figure this would happen. but Or that I had some surprising results mm-hmm. in my DNA that, mm-hmm. that are making me now kind of want to dig deeper and find out what's going on. Well, first of all, let's say because you said surprises. So what were you expecting? What was it that you thought your results would say? I thought it was going to be French and German, mm-hmm. like exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, my mom told me that I was, because I don't know that the audience gives two shits about the, the, the weird background, but I didn't meet my biological father until I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So that, that side of the family is a complete mystery to me. Mm-hmm. But I was told by my mom and mm-hmm. like our side, she did some research and she, th- that we were French, all the way French. Mm-hmm. And his side was German, but his, his, and I've met him since, but that he's a half Chippewa Indian, mm-hmm. which would make me a quarter Chippewa Indian. Mm-hmm. I stopped saying this about 12 years ago because it's, isn't this not very believable? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It seems a little bullshitty. Mm-hmm. So I stopped, I stopped making the claim. It's pretty common in Idaho to hear that though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up on an Indian reservation. Yeah. It's pretty common in Idaho though, for people to say that they are a certain amount yeah, um, Native American. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's not that. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's spoiler alert. I'm not that. I'm more Native American than you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm uh, mostly um, British and Irish, like sixty two percent, sixty three percent, and then fifteen percent French and German, and then there's a bunch of smaller, you know, Iberian, Italian that are way back there. But then this is what really interested me. And I'm a little disturbed by it. I don't know how to feel about it. That it says you most likely had a great grandparent between 1700 and 1790 mm-hmm. who was one 
hundred percent West African. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I, and and it's not. I don't know how to feel about it because oh, I might be you know point whatever percent um, black African. That's not it. It's did am am I am I the 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 product of a fucking slave raper? Mm-hmm. Because free Africans in America between 1700 and 1790 were not the norm. Very, very, very irregular. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I really want to dig deeper. I think I'm going to do another test with the, the Ancestry.com, you know, that Mormon-run company, because those fuckers, they've got, the, they've got the genealogy dialed in, and I might be able to trace back, back, back. Mm-hmm. through somebody else's work, piggyback on somebody else's effort. Yeah. Um, I think these 23andMe results, some people have been finding unfortunate things or things that they just didn't know they would find. Um, I read an article about people sending in their saliva and then getting the results back, and it's completely different from everyone in their family because you can link your family members to you on the website after you get your results. Which is legit right but but these people then would do that and they would see that they actually are completely different from everyone on their family tree oh adopted and it, it would something. be the first time that they realized that they were adopted yeah so i was reading an article about these surprises and there was someone that said they wished that they had like a um like a, a warning or something like a a trigger warning of, oh yeah of the possibility that you could discover something that maybe you don't want to. Um, Although some people that have discovered that they were adopted were happy about it and like found the family and it was a really good situation. And they like have new sisters that they didn't know about. And, you know, it's been a good situation for them. But some people obviously didn't have that experience. So there are possibly surprises um, in the future for people. It's an element I never thought of. I mean, even though I have a little bit of a surprise, it's nothing like that. Yeah. So for me, I I don't know anything about the family history, really, because um, everyone is disconnected and no one talks to anybody. Yeah. So <laughs> I knew that my mom would say that she had a grandparent who spoke only German. She couldn't speak English. So I knew that I had a German relative somewhere down the line. And like German German. Yes. <laughs> and um, I am 997 percent european yeah which is shocking yeah right. um and uh 0.2 percent native american 0.2 percent yep wow but 53.5 percent british and irish mm-hmm. and 15.8 percent french and german and then 22 percent just broadly northwestern european yeah yeah um you were mentioning the the the, the D, like the family tracker, the family connector thing. So what yeah. what they do that that was rocked my world. I mean, I don't know why it would. It's science, but anybody <laughs> else, anybody else who who has taken um, the the twenty three and Me, and if they share their result, they have to opt in to sharing. Right. It it does this cross reference thing, and it's like oh. This person shares this much DNA with you. We predict they're your first cousin. And goddamn, you're not fucking kidding. The guy top of the list is my first cousin. I haven't spoken to him in 25 years. Mm-hmm. But my co- my first cousin, and they predicted it. 
Yeah. And so then there's a bunch of other names on there mm-hmm. that I'm sure are on my dad's side of the family that I have no idea about. Yeah. That that are my cousins. Mm-hmm. It's really I don't know. It was just super interesting. And then of course the, you know, the great grandparent who is hundred percent West African. Yeah. So which I'm gonna look into. I'm gonna figure look, if there's anybody out there who could give me some starting off points, some tips on how to figure it out or any genealogy mavens out there, that would be fantastic because it's uh, it's territory I know nothing about because up until this point, I've been kind of disinterested in it. Mm-hmm. So was there was there any I know we're, we're talking about me all the time. Shocking. Um what uh, were there any things, any part of this that was kind of interesting or that you uh, you found to be uh, notable? Well, kind of related to the DNA relative thing, um, it, it tells you how many DNA relatives you have in your 23andMe DNA family. <laughs> oh, so if you opt in, I'm assuming they probably yeah. will compare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you can look at um, each of your DNA relatives and um, the identi- identical segments of the DNA that were passed down to both of you from a shared ancestor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tells you like how many cousins that you have. Like it says I have 989 third to fourth cousins. Wow. And then fifth to distant cousins. It just says many. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of them. Um, but it also... Bas- they probably didn't want to write shit ton. Yeah. Um, but based on like your characteristics, because you can also answer all these personality questions about things that you like and you don't like and your your features. And I guess they compare your answers on those to the answers from your DNA family members. And so um, for my DNA family, we are um, 53% more likely to own a dog. Hmm. Um, 50% less likely to be a vegetarian, 48% more likely to drink caffeinated soda, Hmm. um, 35% less likely to have worn braces on their teeth, which is interesting because I feel like we're going, um, you know, not healthy, drink a lot of soda, but we have good teeth apparently. You didn't. None of these things apply. I mean, you drink a... You actually don't drink soda. Yeah, I don't drink a lot. of. I have an occasional Coke. But um, again, this is compared to the average 23andMe customer. This is what my DNA relatives are most likely to be like. You're just different than all your DNA relatives. Yeah, I mean, I don't really... Because you've had braces. You don't own a fucking dog. Uh, what was the other one? Um, more likely to drink caffeinated soda. Yeah, you're not a big soda. Less guy. likely to be a vegetarian. I'm you're not a vegetarian. Not a vegetarian. <laughs> so that's right. Oh, less likely to be a vegetarian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. More likely to sweat while sleeping. I do that. You a big sweater? Doesn't everybody sweat while they sleep? Apparently not. Huh? Yeah. What's their- the, wasn't there a back hair one on there? Uh. <laughs> Oh, no, that was with the, uh, That's the, the Neanderthal, Neanderthal thing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can also look at your Neanderthal variants. And I have 257 Neanderthal variants. And this is less than twenty, uh, less than 75% of 23andMe customers. And I believe I have a variant for less back hair. <laughs> um, it says you have one Neanderthal variant associated with having less back hair. And then I have... One Neanderthal variant associated with my height, which is weird. I think they were taller. I think they were like five feet tall. No, I think Neanderthals were probably taller because um, they were like a European species 
I don't know. I mean, maybe. Well, you should look that up. I did just look it up, uh, and right. it says that males, on average, were five foot four to five foot five, <laughs> and females were five feet to five foot one. Huh. So giants. <laughs> So why the hell do I have one of those variants? I don't know. It's trying to drag me back to the ground. No, this this it says the same thing. Straight hair. You have one Neanderthal variant associated with having straight hair. Less likely to sneeze after eating dark chocolate, whatever the fuck that means. Less back hair, which that is not the case for me. Uh, but do you then, have the variant for less back hair? You have oh, you have zero right. Neanderthal variants associated with having less back there hair. There you go. Yeah, and then height. You have one associated with. So maybe they were taller than the average other species out there. Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, I'm, we're both taller than average. Mm-hmm. Decidedly taller than average. Yeah, that is hmm. correct. Yep. Anyway, uh, interesting to me. Probably, you know, uh, exceedingly boring to the audience. But uh, it, like I said, if there's anybody out there knows anything about this, I'd like to look into the, the African lineage. And would you recommend this for other people? I would, yeah. I think it's uh, it's super interesting, especially if you're getting to the point where it's it is kind of interesting to you. Mm-hmm. The other thing about Twenty Three and Me, and this isn't a commercial because we we're not getting p- fucking paid by them. Um, they also contribute to science. So if you allow your D- your DNA to be re- uh, used in scientific research, they they have a trove of of DNA results that they allow to be utilized. To further understanding of genetics and DNA and everything else. So, yeah, I'm a little scared of that, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what it's happens. It's the world we live in. It's like being worried about, you know, cameras or, or your anonymity. It, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, man. I've, I've talked to people about it, and there are some people that I know that aren't going to do it. Yeah. And I can't remember their specific reason, but I think someone told me it was something about like, the government getting their hands on the yeah. DNA somehow or I, something. I would say to that person that if you think that the the government needs 23andMe to get their hands surreptitiously upon your DNA, you are woefully underestimating the power and the reach of our intelligence apparatus within the United States. Talk to the CIA agent in your trash. <laughs> okay? Which is legal. By the way, Brittany just found out the other day, yeah. searching your trash. I don't know if it's legal in every state, but it was certainly legal in the state where the cops searched the trash to get evidence <laughs> to arrest this guy. So, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get to a couple of voicemails as we do. Oh, no. Before we get there, I want to say we put a new ter- T-shirt up on the show. Mm-hmm. Treason with 45 for the A and the S. Yep. And they're doing pretty well. I haven't even talked about them, and they've done okay. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention the reason we're putting out new things on the, sh- on the, on the, on the, the, the Teespring store is because we are really wanting to do this more mm-hmm. full time. Mm-hmm. And the only way we're really going to be able to do that is through listener support Mm -hmm. and so we'd always don't want to rely upon patreon so if we can create something that you get something in return and get the show right that is awesome yeah so we're really trying to make a concerted effort to put things out there if you want to check out that shirt just go to dollamore.info you can check out all of the shirts but the treason one eh, it's it's pretty uh Current. It's, yes. it's happening right now. Yes. So go check that out. We'll put also, it's on the Facebook page. We'll put another link to it. Uh, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Um, let's go to Brandon in Georgia, and both of these calls are about the Helsinki Summit. Hey, Justin and Brittany, this is Brandon from Georgia. Um, I'm just calling in about uh, uh, Donald Trump's uh, little summit with Vladimir Putin and what you're saying about uh, how Putin offering to uh, uh, help with the investigation, then like John Gacy helping with his investigation. It's actually worse than that. At least the way Donald Trump puts it, it sounds like Putin offered to bring the investigators to Russia to, quote-unquote, help in the investigation. So, essentially saying, hey, send them to me and I'll kill them for you. Um, and Donald Trump thinks that's a great idea. Uh, so, anyway, I just thought um, I'd point that out. I feel like a lot of people have kind of miss that, um, and it could just be, you know, the way Donald Trump is completely inarticulate, but uh, that really stood out to me. Anyway, uh, love you guys, love the show, Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show, Brittany's the best part. Bye. Yeah, I think that that was one of the more remarkable moments of the conference, especially with the aftermath of Sarah Huckabee Sanders being asked like, hey, yeah. are you planning to send um, the people that Vladimir Putin wants, like Bill Browder or the former ambassador to yeah, Russia? Yeah. Um, are you actually wanting to send those people there? Like, is that something that you guys are considering? And it wasn't an absolute no. It wasn't uh, absolutely no, we would not do that. It was, we'll get back to you on that. Yeah, it, it, we're going to talk about it. But it goes to show just how completely fucked this administration is that no one knows what the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing hell the left the, the, the pinky finger doesn't know what the thumb is doing in this administration because mm-hmm. um, the state heather Nauert at the state department would ask the same question and she unequivocally said absolutely not that is not happening right that's not how things are done yeah and then when they ask sarah huckabee sanders i don't know i don't know it's just it's ridiculous yeah Anyway, thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much, Brandon. Uh, on to Jen in Long Beach. Same topic. Hi, Brittany, Jesse. This is Jen from Long Beach calling in. Um, I wanted to talk about Trump's misspeaking, misspoke, whatever he wants to term it. Um, the funny thing is about this is his supporters really, truly suffer from cognitive dissonance. Uh when he said what he said, they defended him. Oh, we don't trust the U.S. intelligence either. We don't trust them. He's right, blah, blah, blah. Now, when he backpedals, they still believe him. Oh, but you've never said something wrong. You've never done something wrong. Which really makes me believe that no matter what, this guy could shoot a five-year-old in the head. And they will find a way to defend it. Yikes. So, maybe there's no way for them to come back from this. Maybe there's no way to save them. They are who they are, and they support who they support, and it'll never change. So when people try to say that we need to bring them into the fold, we need to bring them back, I don't think it's possible because they are so far gone. I mean, for them to defend a man 
who basically committed treason on live television and then still defend him when he says he's wrong. It's just, oh my gosh. I saw this hashtag called cult45, like cult45 with salt with a U, which was quite hilarious and very true and still so scary that this really feels like there is a cult of Donald Trump supporters. And even if he were to be impeached, they would still back him from forever. I don't want to say that I'm feeling disillusioned, but I mean, I mean, come on. (laughs) Anyway, um, love you guys. Brittany is the best part. But Jesse, you're also just as awesome. Thank you. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So I think Jen is speaking to something that we all feel, which is hopeless. <laughs> well, at times, two degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I realize how we were, we were having this conversation, I think, last time on the show about you being optimistic and me being realistic. Um, <laughs> wow. Is that how it's drawn? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I think that I forget how pessimistic I really am when I look at online comments from liberals. Um, I don't remember what I just said, so I hope that what I just said makes sense. But let me explain. (laughs) So we posted an article about Michael Cohen and the tapes. Okay, he taped a conversation with Donald Trump. We posted a screenshot of that article. And the reaction to that post was very strange. People were like, yeah, we already know that he lies. What's the point? Yeah. Um, The point is that every time there is more evidence, there's a possibility that people will say, okay, this has gone too far. Yeah. I didn't know there was a tape. Oh, okay. Now that I'm hearing this, I'm going to reconsider. And even if it's a small minority of people, there has to be room for them to... Um, break down those walls and actually come around. So I'm still of the mind that these stories do matter, that talking about them does matter, and that continuing to engage matters because we can't give up, even though we feel like it's impossible, that they're always going to defend him and all of that. Does that make sense? It does. I'm glad you said it. I actually wrote down never too late. Mm -hmm. Never say never because... There is going to be a percentage that never come around. 100%. But you can't write off what is likely a decent number of voters who will eventually be voters in 2020 Mm -hmm. if we don't get rid of Donald Trump through Mm -hmm. impeachment or some other uh, legal process that we're going to want back in the fold. People who were... You know, economic voters, they were driven by that, not driven by racism. Mm -hmm. Racism just didn't raise their ire enough Mm -hmm. to not vote for Donald Trump. That's still a problem. We can't write that person off because they're still reachable. Well, and even with people in positions of power within the Republican Party who are not doing enough to counter Donald Trump, at a certain point, something will come out and they won't be able to anymore. Yeah. Um, It's starting, starting. Right. It's starting to happen happen, and it's going to continue to happen because (laughs) Donald Trump, really, he doesn't get it. The reporters are never going to stop. There are hundreds of reporters, maybe more, I don't know, um, that are 
only spending That's all right. of their time right. trying to get information about Donald Trump yeah. and the Playboy affairs and contacts with the Russians like that's all that they're doing all day long and they're going to find the information they're going to get it yeah and that's just the reporters Brittany there are dozens of Department of Justice employees who are tapped in with top secret security clearances tapped into our intelligence apparatus and our counterintelligence apparatus who have information that the the reporters will never be able to access Right. They're also spending all of their time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, mm -hmm. drilling down on Donald Trump and his his criminal activity. Right. And my focus in, in the media on that part was that's what's going to sway public opinion, yeah. I think, um, because we aren't going to get the information that Mueller has until he has all of it and he's ready to release his final um, reports. Yeah. So he probably has damning information right now, but we we won't know that for however long it takes for him to wrap up the investigation. Yeah. So the reporters are like on his tail, right? Trying mm -hmm. to uncover what he already has. They're so, helping shape public opinion. Yeah. Um, which I'm I'm torn on it because we when you post articles are like, oh, why does it matter? It's not going to change anyone's mind. Listen, it doesn't fucking matter if the stories out there change anybody's mind. Because that's not going to be at play in a legal proceeding. A judge and a jury and a grand jury and lawyers. Th the law is the law. He will be held to account if there's something there for him to be held to account for. Well, even with the parallels to the Nixon administration, Nixon still had supporters until the very end. Of course. Um, it wasn't as though once everyone realized that he was a criminal that uh, they all abandoned ship. Yeah. No, they still love Richard Nixon. Have you seen Roger Stone's apartment? Um, <laughs> or so, his back. Yeah. <laughs> his tattoo. Or his back. Yeah. Of Nixon's face between his shoulder blades. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so there's always going to be those people. But even during the Nixon administration, um, things eventually took a turn. And yeah. there will be a point when that comes because people can, they know that they cannot be intellectually honest and continue to defend this person. Um, and although it's not going to be a lot of people, um, like, you know, everyone that you want to take that position, it's going to be enough to make you feel better. Do you think that Maybe. when Roger Stone goes to prison, he's going to get an accompanying prison tattoo of Donald Trump's face below the Nixon one? Like what a weird coincidence that the two the two administrations that he was intimately involved with mm -hmm. were both ones who are under a massive dark cloud of controversy likely that will end in the removal of a president. Yeah, don't they, whether voluntary or involuntary. Don't they tell you to like be careful about who you surround yourself with because you should surround yourself with people making good choices. Yeah, man. And someone with a Nixon back tattoo is probably not making the best choices, right? You'd think. Mm -hmm. You'd think. Yeah. But who knows? Mm. Thank you, Jen. We appreciate it. Um, it does lead me though to another topic, and that is. I've been aggravated this week because a lot of people are writing, for instance, there was an article in Politico and the guy, it's the, it's the, he's the editor in law at large, I think for Politico. And, um, it's, it's Blake house house Houndshell, Blake Houndshell. And the, the title is why I'm no longer a Russiagate skeptic. And the first sentence is enraging to me. 
It's when I wrote back in February that I was skeptical that Donald Trump would ever be proved to have secretly colluded with Russia to sway the 2016 election in his favor. I mistyped. And then he makes a little little quippy joke. What I meant to say is that I wasn't skeptical. And that is like all of a sudden people who have been deniers of the of this and dismissers of all of this as a conspiracy theory, now they're coming around on it and wanting to get in on the party, so to speak. And it's, you know what? Fuck you, dude. If you weren't smart enough, forward-looking enough, insightful enough to see, to read the tea leaves that weren't... weren't I mean, it's like looking in your alphabet soup and like, oh, you, I see this, you know, it's like a beautiful mind where he's got all the, the lines drawn from page to page. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about it being spelled out. Yeah, there was a conspiracy here. And I don't mean conspiracy theory. I mean, rather than using the word collusion, it's a conspiracy against the United States government, a legal term I'm using. And it, like this guy, I asked the question of the, the, the nutter butter Joe Walsh, who's now anti-Trump. You know, the congressman who said we're going to pick up our muskets if Hillary Clinton wins. Mm-hmm. And it's what are they seeing now? And in this guy's case, the, the Politico guy, what is he seeing now that he didn't see just four or five months ago? Mm-hmm. And I'm bothered by that. It's you know what? You're not going to take up space with the rest of us who were smart and understood and legitimately fearful about legitimate things. Yeah, but I, I, I think know. I think that contributes to the problem of them not wanting to change their mind, though. Because, well, why would he want to come over to your side when you're being a dick to him? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, it's my natural, it's what I struggle with, Brittany. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, well, it's the same kind of impulse I have uh, that I've been talking about with you about, like, the Me Too movement. Like, when I see men that I know 100% that in the past they have done um, inappropriate things, and then they're posting about the Me Too movement. In and, support of it. And I kind of have this feeling, like, do I need them to openly like a tone for what they have done in the past in order for them to now be an advocate or can they just put that behind them and move on and and now they're changed. Yeah. Um so I understand the impulse to want someone to say no. I need you to tell me right now that yeah, you were yeah. stupid until just now. <laughs> you know, um I want you to explain where you have been. But it's probably true that this guy that wrote the article has been feeling like this for a long time, but has been afraid to actually be- come out and say it because it takes a lot to say, listen, I was really wrong and yeah. uh, I should have done this sooner. I'm doing it now. Please accept me. <laughs> You're right. I'm wrong. As usual, I'm, you know, I'm a d- driven by my my emotions guy. I get pissed off and. Well, it makes sense. It's, it's I, I struggle with it. It's difficult. So I think we have a couple of emails Mm-hmm. Uh, related to Leah from Maine wrote in saying, again, this goes to the same point. Coincidentally enough, this goes to Jen's point about allowing people back in, the space to come back in. Leah says she voted for Donald Trump and is no longer, not only is she no longer a Trump voter, she's a listener to the goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey guys, it's Leah again. So I can't recall exactly when my turning point was, but the change happened over the course of several months. As I mentioned in my previous email, getting closer to Christ helped me to fall away from my far-right views and the Americanized Christianity that I was roped into. One of the important things about being a Christian to me is embodying who Christ is so that others can know Christ through me. And I started to realize that my far-right views were not an accurate representation of who he is. My views had left me hateful, cold, and lacking empathy and love. I had to step out of the comfort of my political bubble, and that didn't happen overnight. I guess you really have to let go of some pride when it comes to seeing how wrong you've been. And once I did that, I was open to accept what an absolute buffoon our president is. I think I mostly started side-eyeing Trump when the Parkland shooting happened, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that the Stormy Daniels scandal was also coming to light at that time. I just saw a lot of lies and inconsistencies coming from him, and eventually I realized he's always been that way, and suddenly there was nothing left appealing to me about him anymore. That was back in February, and he has only continued to make me shake my head. Sometimes prior to that, though, I started seeking unbiased news sources because the alt-right slash far-right views weren't sitting well with me anymore. But I still supported Trump until roughly February. But I can say, even back when I supported him, his use of social media did make me cringe sometimes. It always reminded me of a teen running to Twitter with their every fleeting thought. But I guess it was just something I accepted and I brushed off. I had to laugh at your comments on Maine since they're fairly accurate, and as you accurately guessed, I am white. It might shock you to know that I am actually married to an immigrant, a Middle Eastern man from the UK, and I was still in support of Donald Trump. Crazy, right? I guess I was up there on my high horse thinking that since we did it legally, it was different. Anyway, I hope my testimony hasn't been boring or disappointing. I know it was kind of all over the place, but that is kind of how my transition was overall. I hope others can learn to leave their political bubbles, be open-minded, and willing to set pride aside. Thanks for taking the time to read and respond to my previous email. I do appreciate it. Leah. Thank you, Leah. Uh, there's, it's interesting to me, one, that, that I really like the fact that it was her religion— like a true, honest glance, deep dive into her faith and what Christ really was about Mm -hmm. that brought her around. Mm -hmm. Because taking a step back from American nationalistic Jesus, that's got to be where it starts for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And listen, uh, I'm not a Christian. I'm not of any religion. But um, having been a Christian, having been of that faith, if I was to go back, I think I've said this on the show probably years ago when we were really more focused on on you know atheism or religion. Um, if I was to go back, I would for sure be a Galatians Christian, a, a Grace Christian, because that's even when I was in was that's what Jesus was about for me. He was about forgiveness and grace and open arms about taking care of the poor, about taking care of the unrepresented, taking care of the the marginalized, the 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 disenfranchised. That was Jesus to me. Just agape, unconditional love. And it is a the the, the Christian church in America has taken such a far right turn, like just a crazy jerk to the right. That is unrecognizable, even I believe, to when I was in the church. So, 
Leah, thank you. Um, I think we have one more. Before we move on, I want to tell Leah that she may be interested in a, an old bonus episode that we did with my former pastor, Mark Trailer. So if you go to dollamore.com and you search Mark Trailer, T-R-A-Y-L-O-R. Like tray, like a lunch tray. Lore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like a trailer that you take yeah, on a road trip. That's right. Um, I think you'll be interested in that because he um, is a pastor. A wonderful man. Yeah. Um, and he may have similar views to you now. I'm not sure. And he may be having a podcast you could listen to soon. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep you posted on that, but also <laughs> not give away information that is maybe not supposed to be out there yet. Okay. <laughs> Um, hey, Jesse and Brittany, I wanted to share my experience similar to Leah's and hopefully relate to her and give her some encouragement. I, too, am a former Republican, but current Democrat slash libtard and Christian. <laughs> my family. Welcome to the club, brother. <laughs> my family was always politically divided. My mother being a staunch Republican and my father being a straight ticket Democrat voter. Because of this, I was always party to very heated debates at home. During my high school years, I was a hardcore Republican while also actively serving in my local megachurch. I was the guy who would say things like, well, if a woman gets raped, she can go to a hospital and get cleaned out. Parenthetically, a million fucking cringes just for having to type that or, quote, why should my tax money help people who are lazy? Then after high school, I decided to move in with my girlfriend, get married and have a child. Then the recession hit. We had to swallow our pride and get jobs at Walmart and go on food stamps and WIC. That was the tipping point for me. I became, from no fault of my own, one of those people looking for handouts. I also vividly remember an argument my parents were having where my mom said, quote, homosexuals should not be able to get married in a Christian nation. And my dad retorted, this is not a Christian nation. Our constitution forbids it. As I continued through my life and figuratively pulled myself up by my bootstraps, I became even more of a liberal. I realized that if my tax money was going to do anything, I would overwhelmingly prefer that it goes to aid my peers. I also realized that most Republicans I know are also some of the most entitled and well-off people I know. To tie it together, Christ's teachings are about serving your fellow man, giving up your fortune to help your neighbor, loving and accepting each other. I find that these principles are often reflected more by the liberal ideology than the conservative. I was encouraged to hear Leah's story and that there are more people out there like me who feel abandoned by the church because we are liberals. I hope she's encouraged to know that there are other people out there like her trying to find their way, even though our religion and our politics are so separated. The best way we can represent Christ is to act on our instinct to love and nurture and serve. Sorry for the long as fuck email. Brittany is obviously the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Wow. That was uh, John from Northern Michigan. Two fantastic emails. Yes. That I, I, I wholeheartedly, this cold, dead-hearted atheist, endorse both of those messages. <laughs> it should also be um, good for Jen to hear. Yeah. Right? Well, listen, if anything, and I don't want to go off, you know... <laughs> I'm very good at talking about the God and the religion mm -hmm. because it's something that's near and dear to my heart, even though I don't practice or believe it anymore. But let me tell you, Christ was a Christ was a humanist. He cared about his fellow men and women. That's what Jesus was about. Jesus wasn't about what you got a disease. You're poor. Hey, 
Put your cup away and pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you lazy freeloading scumbag. That wasn't Jesus. Come on, man. Jesus was about love and acceptance and all those other buzzwords I used about five minutes ago. <laughs> Grace, forgiveness, love, love uh, 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 against all other odds, love. Not tough love, dickholes, like Joel Osteen, not the audience. <laughs> not tough love, 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 mm-hmm. just fucking love. Yeah. And that's what I strive to do every single day. Right. Even though I fail all the fucking time because I'm a human. Mm-hmm. I All you can do is try mm-hmm. and learn from the mistakes you make. Anyway, thank you guys all for those emails and voicemails. That's, that's beautiful. Well, it's interesting that John, his turnaround came after he um, struggled and had to use some of those government programs. Yeah. And I know people that identify as Republican. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying identify as Republican. They're Republicans. <laughs> And they um, have used, have benefited from government programs like that. I know many of them. And they still talk about people on those programs as though they were never on it themselves. And so I think it's great when people realize, wow, life is really hard and we all need help getting through it. And it's not black and white. There are gray areas and take some time to really look at other people and yeah. understand the struggle that it is just to survive. Um, so I think it's awesome that John shared his story. It is. Um, and this isn't to shit on John or Leah, but it, it's, a, it's, it's a, no, no, it's, it's good. It, it's, it's, I always say, if you come to the wrong conclusion for the right or the right conclusion for the wrong reason, you still came to the right conclusion. You do the right thing for the wrong reason. You still did the right thing. And I don't think that's what they did. They What they did was for the right reason. But we had a listener say on the Facebook page one time that I really hope more Republicans will come to their empathy before their, their tragedy. Mm-hmm. Will find their empathy before they find their tragedy. And even if you find empathy and find love and find acceptance and find your humanism... By way of tragedy where something hits home and you need to, to, to go on welfare or WIC or whatever, or you you have, not that this is a tragedy, but you, you, you have a gay brother and then all of a sudden, oh shit, now I understand. Even if that's the way you come to acceptance and love and humanism, you still got there. Mm-hmm. A little late, but you know what? Better late than never. Yeah. Even though you got there by maybe the wrong reason or not the ideal reason or, or method, you still got there. Yeah. And that's ultimately the goal. This is a little off topic, although it's kind of related. This whole fucking thing. We're 45 minutes in. We're we're having a good time. (laughs) And um, I was at the grocery store and the woman in front of me was using WIC to pay for part of her groceries. Mm. And then the other half she paid with her card. And I had a moment where I was standing there and I, (laughs) I wanted to like smile at her to let her know that okay. I'm yeah I'm not standing bes- behind her judging her because I know when I was a kid it was a living hell yep. to stand there for me too knowing that they were getting ready to say oh are you going to be paying with cash or food stamps <laughs> and I, I, they whisper cash and scream yeah food I'm stamps. just waiting for it to come and I'm standing in the grocery store that's like 
you know, five miles from my high school where other people that I go to high school with are there <laughs> and they're yelling food stamps in front of everybody. They're like getting on the mic to like announce yeah, it. Yeah, is, yeah. is Patty using food stamps? <laughs> um, so anyway, um, but I... I don't know if I would have liked for someone to have even acknowledged me in that moment, you know, or if if someone's smiling at me and like kind of giving me a nod, like it's okay, you know? Um, But I know how it feels to stand there and there's a lot of shame associated with it. Imagine, I know that when you were going through that very thing that you're talking about, it was probably a a food stamp debit card. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was the fucking colorful monopoly money that when you break out, it's like, what is that, Canadian money? Oh, no, that's food stamps. Okay. It was even more of a spectacle. So I I know exactly what you're talking. Not that, oh, my situation's worse. That's not what I'm doing. We're having a tragedy off right now. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get back into it. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying I I get it, too. I understand. And the reason I understand is because my situation was way worse. Well, I think after a while, they added a button where you could just push it, but before before they did that, you had to like tell them so that they could do something on their system. So they had to ask, oh, is that cash or food stamps <laughs> to to enter it into their the system? Only, the only worst thing would be, I'm sorry, ma'am, you can't buy Vagisil <laughs> with food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was having a moment where I was like wanting to, you know, just just be be a supportive you, presence what'd you choose to do i just ignored it yeah as though i that's what i what that's, would any other situation <laughs> i ignored him <laughs> like i would ignore any other human being on the world <laughs> I, I that's what i would have liked as a child is someone if, if i feel like the person is they have no idea mm-hmm. that my mom is getting ready to spend the colorful canadian you know monopoly money <laughs> yeah. um that would have made me m- less anxious yeah because going to the grocery store was a uh, it was anxiety for sure because yeah. you know even even and i think we've talked about this before even in school when you have the free lunch there's a ticket and our tickets were different colored mm. so we knew everybody knew and then they did away with the different colors i assume because kids were feeling like dicks or <laughs> they weren't going they weren't um eating because they were too embarrassed mm-hmm. so then they went to a system where everybody had the same color but then they would punch your ticket, and then write down on the poor kid list. So there's no way around it. This was before you know technology. They didn't know yeah. we had a slide. It was like a little yeah, I, easily I forged card. I didn't have that. Yeah. yeah so. so Anyway. But I did have something else. Let me tell you about this. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow, what a great intro segment. <laughs> what a great intro to the show. It's hashtag third episode. It is hashtag third episode. Good times. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Hang on, hang on. (laughs) This is going to be a bummer for you. Okay. This would I'm, be a bummer for me, but I'm glad you're the one. We've developed this system where you get the to fuck everybody's names up. Okay, I think I'm going to do okay on this one, but you can let me know. Nico Domus? Oh, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. We call him Nico. Yeah. And Joachim? Joachim. I think that's, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's say Joaquin. Yeah. So that's with the J. It's got the Keem in there. Joaquin. Yeah. If we're wrong about your name, mm-hmm. if we're ever wrong about somebody's name. Just record it and send it to us. Yeah. And let us, please, no, we're not just disrespecting your shit. It's we just, just don't dumbness. know. Yeah. yeah we're it's, dumb. My, it's my dumbness. And this happened with Raina in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. For a long time, we were pronouncing her name. Rania. 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 <laughs> which sounds so stupid now that we know. Yeah, now we know. <laughs> um, but she recorded her name and sent it to us. And that really helped us um, figure our shit out. So yeah. if you want to help us figure our shit out, that's all you have to do. But I believe that Nico um, tweeted me and in reference to episode 428 said that maybe the media people that I respect who follow Gavin McGinnis on social media um, are just following him in order to know their enemy. So I'm like, keep tabs on. I'm, him. Uh, he said purely optimistic speculation, yeah, but possible. Uh, they're too they're too close in proximity, proximity to um, like they they run in the same circles. So I don't know if it's just keeping tabs. Well, I, I, I don't think, know if they run in the same circles, but I think that well, they, I, I think, mean they've appeared on the same shows at the same times and stuff. Right I mean, before been Gavin McGinnis was who he is now, took and, his crazy racist. So turn. It, it might be that they had a friendship back then. Yeah, ten years ago or sure. whatever, and they don't talk anymore. But yeah, he's like they're still f- keeping tabs on what he does <laughs> it might be that i don't know but i appreciate your the optimism that you're of course, trying to I always appreciate optimism. deliver to me yes I, I'm, I'm shocked that Brittany is appreciating your optimism since she's such a realism person yeah <laughs> the other thing i want to mention other than the trees and teas everybody is the stickers we still have those stickers available there's a limited there's a limited ava- uh, availability we only printed a few uh i don't know if we're going to print another run probably not we'll develop something else i don't know but go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page, and there's sticker shop. There's all the ways to support the show. And then, of course, the merch. New merch coming out all the time, or hopefully coming out all the time. I'm only so creative. Um, and that is dollamore.info. Another way to support the show, if you're not into spending money on us, which is perfectly okay, is to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. That helps us get in front of new listeners, and that is the name O the game. No cursing. Oh, right. No cursing. Because although I can say fuck shit, whatever, I almost went down the list. Relax. Wayne from the UK would have been very happy. Uh, even though I can say whatever on the show, uh, they don't allow it in their I, in the reviews for the show. So, blah, blah, blah. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. This just in: Donald Trump is a moron. Mm. <laughs> shocking! It is shocking. A shocking turn of events. We found out this week that Donald Trump is not only treasonous and a traitor to the American people; he is a moron. Um. I'm sure everybody, because we're late to this. What was that face about? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm having issues with the word treason. Oh, are you? Yeah. I don't know why. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, on board I, with it. I, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. 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 I'm picking He's that up. He's given aid and comfort to the enemy. It's treasonous behavior. Yeah. He might not be able to be prosecuted for it, but there are two levels of the word. Mm-hmm. 
one, I'm not, because I'm not a lawyer. I'm not talking about prosecuting him for treason. Mm -hmm. But when you betray your country and you give aid and comfort to uh, a noted, stated, hostile adversary on the global stage, it's treason to me. Mm -hmm. It's treason. And do you feel like it um, cheapens the word or makes it seem as though... Um, like it gives the am ammunition to the other side to hmm. say, look at these liberals. Um, they don't even wait to figure out how bad this really is before they start using this word. No, because I witnessed with my own fucking eyes something that's never happened in the history of our country. We've never had a, a president stand shoulder to shoulder with a man who is an objectively bad character, a bad actor, a murder, a killer of journalists, a bomber of apartment buildings within his own country. Why are you laughing? Because I know all this. So. Yeah, so, but never have we seen a president stand next to that type of character right. and say, look, this guy's making a lot of good points. I believe what he's saying against the intelligence apparatus of the United States. So it's, it's taking one side over the other. That's treason. It mm -hmm. just is. Mm-hmm. So I guess my issue is I understand it's a complete failure of diplomacy. It's a failure. It's a failure of Donald Trump to um, understand foreign relations and do his duty on mm -hmm. the world stage. Um, and I understand that people like Thomas Friedman um, said that they were a violation of the president's oath of office his performance yeah. with Putin, um, that former CIA director John Brennan said that um, his performance rises to and exceeds the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors. Like, I understand that people are saying that, but I guess my issue is, what is anyone going to do about it? Um, so if it's really that he committed treason and that it rises and exceeds the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors, then what are we doing here? Well, I don't, I don't know that I would agree with Brennan. I'm not speaking about it from a legal standpoint. I don't think it rises to the level or exceeds the threshold. I don't think that. Okay, so you're just, you're just using the word to describe the betrayal. Yes, absolutely. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not... Um, because you would be hard-pressed to, to drag him before... Uh, a court, mm -hmm. because what's the what is the benefit other than a propaganda benefit for Russia? And it was listen, let's not fuck our fucking kid ourselves here. It absolutely benefited the Russian government, Vladimir Putin, that Donald Trump pretty much read from a script of talking points, um, of of the Russian position. Mm -hmm. No, I don't believe they helped. Why would they, I don't know why they would? Why would they do that? Yeah, so I I guess I'm, so, so I'm not talking in a legal sense. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. And that's all the clarification I need because I am the person who once the allegedly drop when we say things that are not accurate, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to be all allegedly. I have to be all robotic and say, "Oh, but that does not compute. Is that real?" <laughs> you know, um so well, I No, that's 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 part of your role though. Is keeping me and my emotionality more grounded than sometimes it is okay right i guess <laughs> i'm sure most people that are listening to this don't are like oh Brittany, that dumb bitch um what what is she I, talking about i doubt that. um but i think that i think it's an important conversation to have because i just i see it being used as ammunition right mm, so yeah. if if we're the only ones that are calling it treason 
um, or there's nothing that anyone is doing about this obvious treasonous behavior. You know, see that that, that I think is that there's a difference. A, a literally committing treason and calling it treason us. It's like calling it treason ish. <laughs> it's treason esque. Yeah, you know that's a that's, light dusting of treason. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sprinkle it in there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's that's the context with which I'm using it. Okay. All right. Um, but let's go through this. I don't want to say quickly because there's really no way to fucking do it. But after. We heard Donald Trump say... I don't see any reason why it would be. Ah, what? I don't... Look, my, all my people are coming to me. My Dan Coates, they're coming to me telling me it was Russia. Listen, I, I hear them, but... I don't see any reason why it would be. That's Aiden Comfort. Well, when they got back on American soil, the outrage that we had here on this show and others all across America... Congressman of both stripes, Republican and Democrat, Will Hurd wrote a, a New York Times op-ed piece about how he he is compromised. Former CIA agent, Republican congressman, not a, a wilting um, flower, not some some bleeding heart liberal. This guy's a Texas conservative Republican. Says Donald Trump is compromised. Something's up. That's a problem. So it's not just us. That's what I'm saying. So there was all the backlash. And then 30 hours later, not on the plane, not like, oh, shit, right when he gets off stage. Oh, 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 oh. I didn't mean uh, would. I meant wouldn't. 30 hours later, they come up with this bullshit excuse. Let's go through the first couple minutes or so of his statement there with con congressional members explaining away how things went. To my meeting with... President Putin was uh, really interesting in so many different ways because we haven't had relationships with Russia for a long time. And we started. Let me begin by saying that, uh, once again, the full faith and support for America's intelligence agencies. I have a full faith in our intelligence agencies. Whoops, they just turned off the light. That must be the intelligence agencies. <laughs> There it goes. Okay. You guys okay? Good. That was strange. But that's okay. So I'll begin by stating. So let's talk about this. I would love for someone to, to reveal to me any other president that had to constantly remind America that they believe in the intelligence gatherers and the intelligence community. In the United States. No, listen, I believe what they say. That's it goes unsaid. You don't have to fucking say it all the time. The fact that he does have to say it speaks volumes. Did you did you say that the lights literally turned off in that clip? No, I was going to get to that. Okay, because they literally turned off yeah. while he was talking, which I don't know if that's just like a just like a poetic moment where it's like a foreshadowing in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was pretty remarkable. Yeah. And honestly, I think he looked a little freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, it, I think it's starting to get to him. <laughs> you know, when you live a life of lies, um, and you're always trying to like keep track of yeah, your, your yeah. shitty lies. <laughs> um, it's like a, a bad movie that's happening to him right now is it's all catching up with him. Right. So right after the lights went off, he, he, he continued. Good. That was strange. But that's okay. 
So I'll begin by stating that I have full faith and support for America's great intelligence agencies, always have. And I have felt very strongly that while Russia's actions had no impact at all on the outcome of the election, let me be totally clear in saying that, and I've said this many times, I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election took place. Could be other people also. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. Uh, there was no collusion at all. So listen, you don't get to have it both ways, dickhole. When reading from the prepared remarks, Donald Trump says, I have full faith and support in the intelligence community. I accept the intelligence community's conclusion about Russia. Uh, you know, it could be other people. Could, there's a lot of people out there, Brittany. Mm-hmm. As soon as he, that's when he goes off script. He looks up and starts ad-libbing, and that's when he starts talking about what's in his actual mind and heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reading from a statement doesn't tell us what Donald Trump thinks. It tells us what Stephen Miller or some other ding-dong who wrote his statement thinks. I honestly, I know that um, his handlers, people like John Kelly, make, what is it, like $135,000 a year? Uh, yeah, I think one fifty, one seventy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not worth it. I mean, yeah, no. the stress that comes along with yeah. trying to rein this guy in, well, it's, just the damage, it's impossible. The damage, especially for a guy like John Kelly, who walked in with a very upright, uh, upstanding um, reputation, it's in tatters now. He has no fucking reputation now. And I don't, no way it was worth the, you know, the, the 300 grand he's going to walk away with. For a couple years' salary. Mm-hmm. Well, I also read this quote from Timothy O'Brien. Um, he wrote the 20, 2005 book, uh, Trump Nation, The Art of Being the Donald. And he said, quote, I think his willingness to double down in the wake of these events that everyone else sees as catastrophic is because he authentically doesn't care. He's been insulated his whole life from the impact of his own mistakes. And we've talked about wow. this a lot before on the show. Yeah, but, what a great point. But his ability to come out there and with like no shame say, I meant wouldn't. I didn't mean would. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's just because he he's untouchable. And he has been insulated from uh, the impact. He has been untouchable up to this point. I think he still feels like he's untouchable sure, because he when he goes on Twitter, his tweets have hundreds of thousands of likes and retweets, yeah. and he still has popularity within the Republican Party. So he still feels insulated as he did when Daddy took care of him. Yeah. And, and covered up for all of his millions of dollars of losses and all the bullshit. Right. So he can just focus yeah. on the people that still support him rather than everyone else. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't give interviews to people other than Fox News. He doesn't want to even engage with it because his whole life he's never been forced to deal with it. So yeah. why would he start now? So, again, can't have it both ways. You can't have it, A, I full faith and support of the IC community but you know, it could be other people. I believe their conclusion, but they could be wrong. <laughs> That's ultimately what he's saying. Yeah. And I've said this many times. I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election took place. Could be other people also. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. He's just a skeptic. Right? It's it's important to approach everything with a skeptical mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. I don't see any reason why it would be. And then here's where he gets to his unbelievable, and I don't mean that hyperbolically, I mean that literally, unbelievable excuse for this statement. I don't see any reason why it would be. There's a lot of people out there. Uh, there was no collusion at all. And people have seen that, and they've seen that strongly. The House has already come out very strongly on that. Not strongly. A lot of people have come out strongly. Strongly. Mm. I thought that I made myself very clear by having just reviewed the transcript. Now, I have to say, I came back, and I said, what is going on? What's the big deal? So I got a transcript. I reviewed it. I actually went out and uh, reviewed a clip of uh, an answer that I gave. And I realize that there is a need for some clarification. It should have been obvious. I thought it would be obvious, but I would like to clarify just in case it wasn't. In a key sentence in my remarks, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russia. So just to repeat it, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. And the sentence should have been, and I thought it would be maybe a little bit unclear on the transcript or unclear on the actual video. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Sort of a double negative. So you can put that in, and I think that probably clarifies things pretty good by itself. <laughs> I have on numerous occasions Aww. noted our intelligence findings that Russians attempted to interfere in our elections. Unlike previous administrations, my administration has and will continue to move aggressively to repeal any efforts and repel. We will stop it. We will repel it. Two things, Brittany. Two things here. One, come on. Listen, I did a video last week that breaks down, like an eight-minute video explaining why this is complete and utter fucking horseshit. His excuse. Mm -hmm. His lie. This is a lie. We all have the... I'm not going to go through all of that, but uh, we all have the commonality of language, Brittany. We can understand through tone, through context, through uh, everything else he said doesn't jive with this. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Sort of a double negative. That doesn't even make sense. I don't see why it wouldn't be Russia. That means I don't know why it would be Russia. That and it's that technically is the same thing. Yeah, I this is so strange to me. Um this was obviously like grasping at straws. Yes. They came back they saw the reaction from Republicans, from people like Newt Gingrich. Yeah. And they said, okay, this is actually pretty bad this time. Even Matt Schlapp. Yeah, we, we're we getting it from all sides, um, from notable figures that have supported us previously. We need to come up with something. And this is the best that they had. I mean, seriously, that, this... The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. That doesn't jive with the 45 to 50 minute press conference and everything that was said therein. This does. I don't see any reason why it would be. Why it would be. Right. So I don't see any reason why it would be. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. (laughs) He's a moron. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Yeah. Come on. 
Here's the other thing. He's not a good reader. He's not a smart man. He's reading the script and says they're going to take every effort to repeal the advancement of Russia and then goes and, and, and repel, and repel. So what happened there, I'm going to play it again, is he's reading, sees the word repel, says the word repeal, pauses, and then like adds his other, other little flair in there, which is actually what's on the paper. Unlike previous administrations, my administration has and will continue to move aggressively to repeal any efforts and repel. We will stop it. We will repel it. Any efforts to interfere in our elections. Remarkable. Remarkable. President of the United States, eh, not a strong reader. That's That should be a problem for everybody. I think we're all used to it at this point. And then we're going to finish it up with this. We will stop it. We will repel it. Any efforts to interfere in our elections. We're doing everything in our power to prevent Russian interference in 2018. And we have a lot of power. As you know, President Obama was given uh, information just prior to the election, last election, 2016. And they decided not to do anything about it. The reason they decided that was pretty obvious to all. They thought Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. And they didn't think it was a big deal. When I won the election, they thought it was a very big deal. And all of a sudden, they went into action, but it was a little bit late. So he was given that in sharp contrast to the way it should be. All of that is lies. They knew in September 2016 what was going on. Obama had a meeting with Mitch McConnell in the Senate and said, listen, we got to talk about this. Mitch McConnell refused to address it. And if you do this, we're going to make it look like it's partisan. So in hindsight, we can make all the judgments we want about what Obama chose to do. But what are you doing now? That's exactly right. Mm Mm-hmm. He chose because he didn't want to make it look like he was putting his thumb on the scale not to do anything. In hindsight, maybe he should have done something. Why is this the one thing that Donald Trump doesn't want to um, take action on the opposite of what Obama did? Yeah. Why is he like, well, he didn't do it, so I'm not going to either. You know, Chase. We're of the same mind. Chase from Virginia made a great point. He said... That if, if 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 Donald Trump, who constantly says, no, we didn't collude. If anybody colluded, it was the Democrats. Well, if he believes the Democrats colluded with Russia, then why is he so chummy with Vladimir Putin? It's, it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. So the other thing that we're going to talk about is what Brittany was mentioning earlier about turning over an ambassador, turning over our intelligence officials uh, and other members of uh, who are of interest to Russia, like Bill Browder, over to the Russians for questioning relative to their bullshit criminal investigation into what ended up being the Magnitsky Act. Um, this was said by Vladimir Putin during that Helsinki news conference. This is the interpreter interpreting for, for Putin, talking about turning over U.S. officials to Russia for questioning. We would expect that the Americans would reciprocate and they, they would 
question officials, including the um, officers of law enforcement and intelligence services of the United States, whom we believe are who have something to do with illegal actions on the territory of Russia. That is Putin wanting us to turn over law enforcement officials, intelligence gathering officials, and other people, including foreign diplomats, including the foreign, the former ambassador to Russia from the United States. What did Trump say about this idea while standing shoulder to shoulder with a hostile foreign adversary? He said this. What he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Well, obviously, when he got stateside, uh, this was asked about. And this is what we were talking about earlier, about Heather Nauert from the, from the State Department saying, absolutely not. That's What was the quote? That that's not how things work or something? She said it was absolutely absurd. Right. So um, that was the reaction. So the, the, the question was asked in the Daily Presser. In the press briefing with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I was going to say, it's not daily, so don't say yeah, daily. Yeah, not daily. It's supposed <laughs> to be. Um, and Maggie Haberman of the New York Times was mixing it up with her asking questions about, is this really being considered? The president's going to meet with his team, and uh, we'll let you know when we have an announcement on that. For a second, is that a topic that came up in their conversation? Did uh, President Putin raise this with President Trump? Uh, there was some conversation about it, but there wasn't a commitment made on behalf of the United States, and the president will work with his team, and we'll let you know if there's an announcement on that front. This would have been an unheard of action by a White House, turning over former ambassadors to Russian interrogation. Even considering it is an out-of-control notion. Republicans are starting to wake up. It's slow, far slower than it should be. But people are starting to take note that, oh shit, maybe Donald Trump is being willingly or unwillingly um, coerced, guided by Vladimir Putin in Russia. Mm -hmm. Because he is... Listen, he did He did another interview later in the week where he, it is always about projection, I believe, with Donald Trump. He said this, he had the unmitigated gall and temerity to make this charge against President Obama while in the situation that he finds himself in right now. I have been far tougher on Russia than any president in many, many years, maybe ever. Even, even the big fight I have with Germany over the fact that they're taking natural gas, they're taking right. energy from Russia, paying them billions of dollars. I said, wait a minute, we're supposed to be protecting you from Russia, and you're paying them billions of dollars. What's that all about? Now, do you think that's a positive for Russia? I'm talking them out of things that they, where they're giving billions of dollars. It's ridiculous, by the way, that that's happening. And then on top of that, Germany pays a fraction of what they should be paying for defense. We're supposed to defend them. So they're paying Russia, and we're supposed to defend them from Russia. So just you just look at that point. But look at the sanctions I've put on. Look at the diplomats I threw out. Look at all of the things that I've done. Nobody else did what I've done. Obama didn't do it. Obama was a patsy for Russia. He was a total patsy. Look at the statement he made where he thought the mics were turned off, okay? The stupid statement he made. Nobody does a big deal about that. 
Getting along with President Putin, getting along with Russia is a positive, not a negative. Right. Now, with that being said, if that doesn't work out, I'll be the worst enemy he's ever had. The worst he's ever had. And this won't be good for Jen to hear, but Republicans are following in Donald Trump's footsteps on Russia and adjusting their views of Russia based on a lot of what Donald Trump just said in that clip. Yeah. Well, you talk about rank and file or even elected officials. No, the Americans, Trump supporters yeah. um, in this Gallup poll. Well, let's say in, in 2014, before he announced his candidacy, um, Gallup poll found that 26 percent of Americans and 22 percent of Republicans believed that Russia was either an ally or friendly, but not an ally. Um, so 22 percent of Republicans. Yeah. OK. Uh, when they asked this question earlier this month, the share of overall Americans who said the same increased by five points to 31 percent. But among Republicans, it increased much larger by 18 points to 40 percent. Wow. So now 40 percent of, of Republicans say that Russia is an ally or friendly. So it went from 2014 22% of Republicans saying Russia is an ally or friendly, but not an ally, to now 40%. Yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah, it is remarkable. They're morons. <laughs> it, it's just that they listen to what he says, and he's saying we need to have a good relationship with Russia. This is a good thing, right? Um, but not at all cost. He's right. Yeah, listen, generally, having good relationships globally is a good thing. But at what cost? To what do we have to turn away from and look the other way about in order to have a good relationship? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So very quickly, this idea about turning over ambassadors and, and law enforcement officials and intelligence officials was um, said no to. Was rejected. Yeah, it was like a trial balloon. They floated out there and then, oh, shit, no, that's not a good idea. They don't. No one likes it. We're going to be shat on. Uh, we better say no. Mm -hmm. They decided, oh, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But hadn't there been the outrage? That's why the outrage needs to be maintained. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'd be turning over loyal, dedicated, patriotic Americans for interrogation in yeah. Russia. Yeah, that's why it's not good to say we already know he's a liar who cares about this new story. It matters. Yeah, it matters. It's the asshole of today. Rick Wiles. Rick Wiles. Mm -hmm. mm. We're going to be having a lot of violence, I think, he believes. Although I'm trying to calculate when he said this, because he said it's going to be in about 72 hours. Oh, I guess he said about 72 hours, possibly 72 hours. You know the language they like to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, this guy's not, he is fringe for sure, but he's not fringe like Alex Jones is fringe. This guy's a, a a decent following among Christians in the United States. He runs a he runs a news organization called True News. T R U. T I was going to spell it. There's no e. T R U News. <laughs> and uh, I believe Brian Fisher's connected to this guy in some way. Um. Anyway, just listen to his asinine prognosticating about how us dastardly liberals are going to murder. Donald Trump and his family by cutting their heads off in the lawn of the White House within the next 72 hours. You know, we showed you a CIA agent, homosexual Anderson Cooper on CNN. Well, over on the. 
Did you hear that, Brittany? That was a lot to take in. That's the first sentence. Uh-huh. That Anderson Cooper is a CIA agent. Interesting. And homosexual. Mm-hmm. Irrelevant, but you know that's true. Mm-hmm. But a, he's a CIA agent. H- how does Rick Wiles, how is he so tapped in to know? Inside scoop. The, the clandestine operations of Anderson Cooper, the well-known homosexual. Pretty impressive. <laughs> the other communist news channel, MSNBC, they have another homosexual, Rachel Maddow. You see... Why are Christians like this so obsessed with the sexuality of other human beings? Well, I'll tell you this. You do not want to look at his search history. <laughs> it's another truth. 100%. Meter. Yeah, oh yeah. He's, he, he's in league with uh, the Kevin Swansons of the world. You do not want to see it. Yikes. Or you might want to see it. Depends. America, you've been homosexualized. You've been Judaized. Judaized. I'm going to just tell you the way it is, okay? Mm. You, your minds have been captured. Mm. You're no longer a Christian nation. Even the Christians don't think like Christians anymore. That's right. You've <laughs> That's been Judaized. Right. You've been homosexualized. You've been, you've been Babylonianized. Your minds have been tainted. Oh. You don't even think like a Christian anymore. Oh, no. And so Rachel Maddow, mm. she was spewing out last night. Calls for revolution. That's exactly right. Mm. Calls to remove the president of the United States. She was telling the left, take a deep breath. We're at that moment. It's coming. We're at that moment. We're almost there. We're going to remove him from the White House. Friends, I think we're about 72 hours, possibly 72 hours from a coup. Uh, look, be prepared Wow! that you're going to turn on television and see helicopters hovering over the roof of the White House with men clad in black rappelling down ropes, entering into the White House. Be prepared for a shootout in the White House as Secret Service agents shoot commandos coming in to arrest President Trump. That's how close we are to revolution. Be prepared for a mob, a leftist mob, to tear down the gates, the fence of the White House, and go into the White House and drag him out with his family and decapitate them on the lawn of the White House. Are you fucking kidding me? Again, again, they want it both ways. the, the army of snowflakes is going to rush in decapitating President Trump. Get the fuck out of here. So my favorite part of this is that at a certain point, that yes man that he had with him. He wasn't so yesy. I think he left. <laughs> I think he got up and left. Damn, bro. He's like, wait a minute. Uh, I thought we were just going to be doing some light conspiracy theories here. Uh, this took a whole different turn. I am not. I'm not saying yes to any of this. This. um because I was going to say, that guy, you probably want him here, right? So every time you talk, they're just yes. like, yes. Oh, mm. oh yes. yes, Jesse. Oh, <laughs> preach it. Speaking of truth. Yeah. But as soon as he was like, that long pause. Commandos. And then a coup. Shootouts in the White House. Yeah. The guy was gone. 
It's going to look like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, everybody. Seriously, God came to me in a dream. A Jesus spoke to me last night, and this is getting ready to happen. You know, the sad thing is there's probably a percentage of his audience that are truly anxiety-riddled right now, worried that this is actually going to come to, to pass, to speak as a Christian, to come to pass. Well, he said this on the 18th, I believe. So, <laughs> um, it hasn't happened yet. Again, not going to happen. What kind of leftists are they going to get? take all of the guns that they own to rush in and have a gunfight in <laughs> yes, the White House? Yes, Jesse, please please walk us through how this logically right, would not happen. Right, oh, right. please reassure us some more that it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Taking care of biz. Amelia Holden. Amelia Holden. Yes. That name is familiar. Why is that name familiar? She is the 21-year-old waitress who went viral this week. She works in Georgia, in Savannah, Georgia. And a guy walked by. A patron, a customer. Yes. She had her back turned to him. And he grabbed her ass. Just reached out, yoink, mm-hmm. as, while walking by, didn't pause, didn't slow down. Reached out and assaulted her and kept moving. Correct. And he is 31-year-old Ryan Cherwinski. And she decided to turn around and grab him. She did, man. By the neck and threw him on the ground. It was... It was amazing. It was heartwarming. It It was was, beautiful. Seriously, it's an emotion-inducing thing because I don't know if her, her personality is always... We don't know her, but... It seems to me that the Me Too movement has likely empowered countless women across the country who might normally let something like that slide, mm-hmm. have transformed them into this, what she did. Yeah. Like, we're not taking this anymore. I was reading an interview with her, I believe it was in BuzzFeed, and she was saying that she's 115 pounds and that she never would have thought that she would be someone that did this, um, but that he grabbed her. And her immediate thought was, oh, no, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think she said, nope, that's not going to happen. And turned around and took I took the guy down. So. And he was subsequently arrested. Yes. And charged with sexual battery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Yeah. It is a weird male entitlement that I don't understand. I've never been this guy. I mean, I guess if I was or I were, I, I probably wouldn't readily freely admit it but this is anathema to me feeling entitled enough to reach out and take up the space of someone else by touching them sexually and just moving right along this is just how i live my life y'all what the fuck well i've seen some people saying some men saying wow look at the way he just keeps walking (laughs) and i think that most women have encountered this kind of behavior in public you have and men will will grab you and then keep walking and then you turn around to see who it was and everyone's acting normal so it's like a form of gaslighting Hmm. because they they just grab you but then you turn around to see who it was and everyone's like going about their day you've told me many stories about having been at different concerts throughout your life music concerts 
And this kind of shit ha- is a regular occurrence. Yeah, women get groped at concerts all the time. Anywhere where you are um, not going to be held responsible. And that's what's unusual about this guy is he was the only guy walking by. Like, there's no one else that it could have been. Yeah. So, um, but when you're at a concert... It's more difficult to figure out who it was when you're surrounded by people. Um, but I think in that context, people think it's easier to get away with it. So, um, but but yeah, this this clip has sparked a lot of discussion on the internet. And she said that largely the response has been positive, but some people have said that her shorts are very short. God damn. And it's just so strange to me that we're still having this conversation when a man walks by and grabs her ass. The response is, yeah, but your shorts are short. Oh, okay. So her shorts are short. So people can grab her ass. So, so whatever they want. So at the beach, when, when women are wearing bikini bottoms, is it perfectly acceptable then? Because, well, they got a bikini on. Yeah. That's just a fucking weird, illogical asshole thing to say which is uh, creating uh, excuses and space for sexual assault which is what this is obviously he was charged so i'm hoping that as more of these situations come out um the me too movement all of that the more videotapes that we see possibly of men getting a beat down from a woman after they are groped um that people will start to understand that no you can't go through life touching people yeah. Um, and there will be consequences for this behavior. So it's awesome. Amelia Holden, thank you for doing what you do. And you're taking care of biz. Yeah. So good. All right, everybody. Well, hashtag third episode this week over. Next week will be two. Following week will be three. Then two. Then three. You know, kind of like that. That's the pattern. <laughs> we love you guys. We appreciate you. We'd love to hear from you. 657 464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Please, we'd love to know what you think. We'd love to have you help us move the conversation forward about any of the topics we talked about today or in prior episodes or just something off the top of your head that you want to talk about. Thank you for joining us twice a week or as often as you do. We would love to have you support the show, whether that be through Patreon which is dollamore.com slash Patreon, by going out and buying your very own Treason 45 shirt at dollamore.info or buying a sticker, which is at dollamore.com, left-hand side of the page sticker shop. We would love to stay in contact with you throughout the week in between episodes too. We love taking ideas for stories, whatever else. Follow us on social media. Brittany, on almost all platforms, is Brittany E. Page. And I'm at Dollamore. Pretty easy. We love you guys. We'll see you next time for Brittany E. Page. I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Not only is she no longer a Trump voter, she's a listener to the goddamn show. (laughs) 